Many bosses and leaders of various kinds have absorbed the myth that in order to be a strong leader, you have to be aggressive and authoritarian. Many followers have absorbed the myth that in order to be a good follower, you have to be passive and unquestioning. Neither of those things is true. I've been doing a little cooking. Uh, I've been in the kitchen. Got a little recipe for you today. It's a recipe for something better that both leaders and followers need. It's called assertiveness. Today, 20 minutes or less, we're going to talk about what it is to be assertive, how to cook up a recipe of assertiveness that will help you be a better leader or a better follower. Hi everybody, I'm Andy Wallace, and thanks for joining me for this episode of the Power and Leadership Podcast, a podcast about, well, you know what it's about. Uh, I want to get to something else. If you're not sure, go listen to previous podcasts. I want to invite you to an upcoming event that I'm super excited about, TEDx Wilson Park. Uh, this is happening on September the 11th from 1 to 4 p.m. It's going to be a, an awesome afternoon. There's a, a lot of great speakers. Uh, I'm going to be one of the speakers. Hopefully my talk will be great, uh, and I'd love for you to join me for that. But there's other fantastic speakers, nine total uh, talks with fresh ideas, and there are going to be panels. There's going to be some interactive opportunities. A lot of the event is going to be, uh, going to be live uh, with a live MC. It is virtual. I think it's going to be a great experience Head to TEDxWilsonPark.com in order to purchase a ticket to the event. It is a ticketed event, and you'll get an invite and all that good stuff. Uh, Let's get into the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. There's a whole mythos that has grown up around this idea of a leader as someone who is loud, who is confident, who is even uh, downright braggadocious, or if they're quiet, they're sort of that John Wayne kind of quiet where there's an intimidation factor there and there's a, there's a strong, powerful, overbearing kind of a sense to how they move about the world. Um, even more so than that, though, the, one of the reasons I wanted to do this episode is because on the follower side, many people struggle when they're in a following position to understand how to engage with those over them, with their leaders. And there may be this idea that they should be passive. Um, and more importantly, they feel like there's this dichotomy that they you can either be passive or you can be rebellious. And there's nowhere in the middle. Either you are just go along with everything or you're a troublemaker. And what I want to talk to you about today is that it doesn't have to be either of those things. The leader does not have to be aggressive the follower does not have to be passive, and certainly the follower does not have to be a troublemaker. There is another option, and that's to be assertive. Assertiveness is so important. Assertiveness is a way of retaining your boundaries, of standing up for your uh, your own needs, of drawing on your own integrity, of staying true to who you are, of expressing yourself, while also maintaining a healthy respect for the other person involved. So, like I said, I've been doing a little cooking, and I've got a little recipe. What does it mean to be assertive? So I want to give you really simple, and there's a base. It has a base, and then it has three ingredients, all right? So first of all, the base. The base is really simple. It's mutuality, right? There's a base of mutuality. What I mean by that is if you're going to be assertive in any given situation, you want to approach the situation 
with this sense that I'm doing this for everyone's with everyone's best interest in mind. Now, it may be the type of situation where I especially have a need, but I'm doing this not just out of self for selfish reasons, but I'm doing it because getting my needs met will help me better meet the needs of the team or better meet the, meet the needs of my partner. If we put it in a, like a, a marriage analogy, as a spouse, you may have your, your partner may be doing something that you don't like. For instance, not uh, too long ago, I was spending too much time on my phone and my partner was unhappy with that. And she would notice that when I would get home from work, I would just collapse on the couch and I would pull my phone out and I'd be on it till supper and then we'd eat supper and then I'd be on it again after supper and she felt disengaged. And so she needed to approach that. And so how would she do that? She came at me assertively, right? Not passively uh, and not aggressively, but assertively. Now, what does that look like? Well, it starts with that base of mutuality. She recognized that um, it wasn't just about her selfishly wanting to take my time uh, or, or monopolize my time, but it was about, hey, what's good for our, us as a family unit? And how do I, I have a need, I want more communication, but that's not just selfish need. It's a need to say, I want this marriage to work better. I want this partnership to work better. So she came at with me with mutuality. So anytime you approach a situation that's delicate or anytime you have a disagreement with your boss, you want to come at this assertively. And it starts with recognizing that this is not just about me. This is about us as a team. I'm not coming at this selfishly. Now, the first ingredient that you're going to need in order to make this work is empathy. Empathy. Empathy meaning that I've taken the time and even that I am actively con constantly as I'm approaching the situation, as I'm dealing with the situation, I am actively listening to the other person. I'm trying to put myself in their shoes. I'm trying to understand why they made the decisions they made or why they don't make the decisions they don't make or why they've asked for this certain, uh, these certain things. I've tried to put myself in the shoes of the person or people that I'm dealing with. So empathy. It says that I care about your side of the story. I care about your feelings about it. I understand that if I'm asking you to make a change, I realize that it could be difficult for you to make the change. And I'm expressing that even as I approach it. So in our analogy here, my wife comes to me and she doesn't start off with, I am just so sick and tired of you being on your phone all the time. It's just, it just drives me crazy and I wish you would quit that. Or she doesn't, you know, passive aggressively uh, make me sleep on the couch in order to uh, in order to get me to pay attention. There's this assertiveness that comes and says, with empathy, first of all, hey, I know you're tired when you get home from work. You've been dealing with a lot, and I totally get that you want some downtime or you want some zoning out time. Like I get it, and I don't want to take that away from you entirely, right? So there's this empathy, this ingredient of empathy that allows this interaction to be one that is starts on a healthy footing. Now, that doesn't mean that you have uh, what I've heard called, and I forget who said this. I'll have to look up um, where I heard this, but this ruinous empathy, right? Ruinous empathy is where I come across apologetically, right? You don't want to apologize. Assertiveness doesn't say, hey, I'm, I really, really hate to ask you this, and I'm so sorry to have to ask you this. That's apologetic, and it may be appropriate in some circumstances, but when we're talking about a change that you've thought through and you really have a sincere belief that what you're about to say is for everyone's best interest and is the right thing, then you don't want to come off apologetic. And you certainly don't want to avoid the situation altogether. I heard a story about a, a, a young manager 
uh, it was actually a, an, an experience manager telling about when she was very young. And she had a person on her team who was doing horrible work, but they were a really nice person. And so she didn't want to confront him about it. So she just kind of let it drag out and she kind of beat around the bush and she kind of extended his deadlines and, and just kind of really kind of let the situation go on and on and on. And then finally got to the point where because of his numbers, because of his, his impact, because of his effective, not lack of effectiveness, she had to say, bring him into her office and let him go. And she realized in that moment, because he got really upset and said, why didn't you tell me? And she realized that she had completely let him down as a leader because she was not assertive. And so uh, when we talk about empathy, this first ingredient of empathy, we're not saying that you shouldn't be, uh, that you shouldn't be confident and direct. However, you are letting the person know, hey, I see it from your point of view, or I want to see it from your point of view and I don't want to take away your autonomy. I don't want to question your intentions or your motives. I'm not trying to attack you. Uh, I see your point of view uh, the best that I'm able. Or even if I don't see your point of view, I'm willing to listen and be empathetic, right? So ingredient number one is empathy. Now ingredient number two is commitment, right? Commitment. This says, I understand where you're at and I want you to I want to tell you here's where I'm at. And I'm committed to this. I'm giving you very confident, committed vibes, right? It's not again, it's not apologetic. So my wife comes to me and says, "Hey, I get it. You want to be on your phone at night. You're 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 tired from the day. You want to just zone out." But also, I want you to know it makes me kind of feel like we're disconnected. And I really need you. It's really important to me that we're able to spend time together and that I don't feel like you're just on your phone. I really need that time with you. Uh, I, I, need, I need us to make a plan for that. All right, so she's saying what she needs. She's, she's communicating uh, with confidence and commitment. This is what I need. And that brings us to the third ingredient, which is clarity. Clarity, which, which is important because it's not enough to just uh, say this is you know, a problem. But what's the solution? What are you proposing? What are you seeing as a way to move forward? And how do you give clarity as to what your expectations are moving forward? What kind of boundaries are you setting? What kind of uh, goals are you putting in place? What kind of expectations are you bringing to the table? And so when you do these three things, you can be assertive. It starts with this base of mutuality. I'm doing this not just out of completely self-centered or selfish motives, but because I see the value that it's going to bring to the team. Yes, it serves me perhaps, but it's also because I believe this is right for us uh, um, in this partnership or team or workplace environment or whatever it is. And now I'm bringing to the table empathy. I see your point of view. I understand how this impacts us. I see why decisions were made the way they were made. However, this is clearly what I see and what I need and what I'd like to bring to the table. This is my perspective. And I, here, I, here's the clarity about what I think needs to be done and how I think this is going to impact us moving forward. This is so powerful. If you'll move with assertiveness, and this is true, by the way, not just if you're the follower, uh, but it's also true if you're the leader. And of course, in the analogy we've been using this whole time, where uh, with my wife and I, it's true in a partnership setting as well, perhaps more important than in a partner setting than any other setting, right? Because neither party has uh, some kind of leverage over the other one. They have to work together. So it's so important that in a partnership situation, you bring this assertiveness to the table. 
Uh, if you don't bring assertions to the table, if you're passive or passive aggressive um, or aggressive, what you do is you sow the seeds of resentment, of low morale, of frustration, of low productivity. You sow all of that into the team, into the relationship, into the partnership. But if you're assertive, even if you can't agree on the, on the, on the tail end, even if it's a situation where you, you lay things out and then you have a boss who says, hey, I totally understand what you're saying. I see your point of view. Unfortunately, there's just no way around this. And you know, here's X, Y, Z reasons why we have to do it this way or whatever. Expressing yourself assertively is going to set you up in the long run uh, much better to be able to protect your integrity, to be able to move forward with confidence. And if you do it right, it's going to earn respect as well. And you're not going to let resentment or problems grow and fester on your team. So go cook you up some assertiveness. Put a little empathy in there. Make sure there's confidence and commitment to what you're, what you're pre- presenting. And make sure you're clear as to what you're saying. Don't muddy the water with a whole bunch of other stuff. Go in there and, and work with the people around you to build something that is mutually beneficial to everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Power and Leadership Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, if you did, I, I would super appreciate if you take the time to uh, subscribe and rate the podcast for me. Share it with somebody that you know that you think might enjoy it. Uh, of course, check out TEDxWilsonPark.com for information about the upcoming event. I'd love to see you there. Hope you have a great rest of your week.